This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. All right, well, welcome, and we are going to talk about, teach about giving today. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Giving. And am I, I'm good, all right. Giving. Um, before we do that, I want to just let you know we've got something coming up next weekend, actually next Saturday, July 13th, next Saturday, July 13th, National Serve Day, National Serve Day. National Serve Day is a day when uh, literally thousands of churches are coming together to serve their communities with different projects and just in practical ways show the love of God. And so we've got a number of opportunities right here at Relate Church. And so what we'd ask you to do is just download the Relate Serve app. Now we've got got a Relate Church app, but we also have a Relate Serve app. There's uh, instructions right there on how to download that, and it gives all of the opportunities uh, that we have available to us to participate. I mean, we've got a free garage sale, and and so, I mean, all that's, not not your junk, but all that stuff that you kind of say, we ought to sell this. Some things are worth better as as a seed than they are a sale, right? And so we have an opportunity just to bring that stuff, and we're going to give it away to our community, people that need it. A number of opportunities, so all those are on our website, so we encourage you to take a look at those, sign up for it, let's participate, don't be a spectator, serve your community, give back. Amen? Amen. I want you to turn with me this morning in your Bible, or they're going to put it up on the screen, to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Now, when it comes to, uh, when we're talking, the the series, this title of this series is called Money Matters, and and how many of you know that uh, you can be financially uh, literate or you can be financially illiterate, right? You can, you can know something about how money and how money works or you can know very little about how money works and, and that's a problem because you need money in your life every day. Every day you need money in your life. And so we talked about last week that it's important that because we have this idea that one of these days I'm going to have more and I'm going to wait on my ship to come in. Maybe I'll win the lottery. lottery probably not. And you're probably not going to get anything from Ed McMahon. You're probably, you're, your ship's probably not going <clears> to <throat> come in like you think about it. But that doesn't negate the promises of God. And so we have, sometimes we have this idea that, you know, God was just one of these days out of the blue. He's going to give me more. But that would go against what the Word says. Because the Word says if you're found faithful with a little bit, He'll give you more. And so God's looking to see what we're doing with the resources that we have right now that He's entrusted us with before he entrusts us with more. And so we talked about mastering your money flow. And in order to master your money flow, we just gave you a simple rule. you got to live by the 20-80 rule. Number, you, you invest 20%, and then you live off of 80%. And then over the years, those margins ought to grow. They ought to increase. And, uh, but that's a good place to start. Invest 20, live on 80. Say, so what do you mean invest 20? Well, the first 10%, it goes to God. That's an investment. The next 10%, that you invest in yourself. That doesn't mean more food. That doesn't mean better clothes. That doesn't mean a car. That means you're investing that money, growing that money, okay? And and so we might hit on that just a a little bit more. And so, but you want to increase those margins. So that's just match, that's being a good steward. And we looked at that. If you did, you weren't here last week, go back and listen to it, okay? And so when it comes to giving, 
there's, there's, four, there's four levels. I guess you could say four levels or four attitudes when it comes to giving. And the first one is this. A lot, folks are, you know, when it comes to giving, they're just, they're disgusted. I mean, they're sitting in church. Oh, brother, the, the pastor is going to talk about giving. And I knew it. All those churches want is your money. All those pastors ever talk about is your money. And so people, they, they, they're, they're sitting in the congregation, some, not this church, you know, other churches. And they're sitting in the congregation, and they're just disgusted that we would even bring up money. And, uh, well, you're in the right place because we literally talk about money. The, the, the giving segment of our, of our service every Sunday is about 30 seconds, if that. Now, I know some of you, you might, you, you might just you say, man, the reason I came here is to get out of that talking about money because it's been, you know, 25, 30 minutes an hour talking about money. They'd pass the plates two or three times until they got what they needed. And, and so that's the reason I, I left that and came here because I didn't want to hear about it. Well, we're not going to talk about money. I'm not going to twist your arms. We're not going to manipulate. We're not going to go wonder if you don't give. God's going to take care of us. So this is for you, and I don't want what you have. I want to see you blessed so you can fulfill the dreams and the vision that God's given you. But there, there are principles in the Word of God that we must abide by, that we must live by, if we are going to enjoy God's blessing. Now, we looked at a scripture last week in Psalm 112, <coughs> where God said that, that those who fear the Lord are going to be what? Blessed. Not cursed, blessed. In part, that blessing looks like your children are going to be mighty on the earth. Anybody that sound good to anybody? Your children will be mighty on earth. And wealth and riches will be in your house. This is the word of God. This is the will of God. Wealth and riches, you, and, and you, you might be looking at your present circumstance and say, well, I'm way off of that. I'm nowhere close to wealth and riches being in my house. But you have everything that you need to begin to experience that. You don't need anything else to experience that. You have what you need to experience that. And so four levels of, of givers disgusted. I mean, just <clears throat> people just disgusted. The second level is this. People give as a, I mean, it's just a, a grudging obligation. I mean, just, and at a very minimal letter, uh, level. It reminds me of a story <clears throat> that I heard of a typical American family. They were driving home from church one day, and, and uh, you know, it, it's the mom and the dad and the, the two kids and the grandmother, and they're driving home from church, and, and they began to complain. I know none of you ever do that about church, but they began to complain. The dad said, Oh, man, he said, that, 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 that sermon was so long, that preacher was so long-winded, and the mom said, yeah, and that, that lady that sang that special, it was just so loud, and it was so shrill, and the daughter, who was a music major, she said, yeah, and they missed the notes, they were just all over the place on the notes, and, and then the grandmother said, I couldn't even hear a word he was saying, I couldn't even hear a word the preacher was saying, and finally, the son, little Timmy, he, he, he spoke up and he said, yeah, y'all, it, it was all that. But you have to admit, it wasn't a bad show for a dollar. <laughs> and so a lot of times when people, they give just a grudging obligation, you know, just throw a dollar in the plate, throw $5 in the plate and, and move on with it. And so that's the level of giving. And then there's, there's a level of getting, giving where there's committed giving in obedience to God. I mean, you, I mean, you're just giving because you've seen the word. You don't need me to hype you up to, to give. You don't need another message on giving. You don't, you don't have to be manipulated. You, you're just giving out of you know, obedience to God. And maybe you've got it set up on a, 
a draft where that, man, that tithe is coming out every single week or every two weeks or every month that that tithe has come back. You don't need anybody to talk you into giving. You're just doing it out of commitment to God. And that's awesome. But that is not the highest level of giving. The highest level of giving is, this, is, is a cheerful, faith-filled, generous giving. I mean, it's, it, it's cheerful. It's, it's faith-filled. It's not, just, it's not just like paying another bill and it's not just checking something off. I mean, it is actually, it is something that is cheerful. You're excited about it. I mean, you're doing it, yes, because you're obedient to God, but man, you're expectant. You believe that, man, this is, this is just exciting for It's faith-filled. It's exciting, and it's generous. Can you say amen? amen. So Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, he, he, if you, you want to read through this, you can. In the 8th and ninth chapter, Paul begins to tell the Corinthians, he said, look, I'm coming, and I'm coming, and when I get there, I'm going to receive an offering. I mean, he's not beating around the bush. He's telling them right up front, when I get there, I'm going to be receiving an offering. And I want you to go ahead and get that offering ready for when I come. So when I come, it's not this, it's not this, I'm not having to pull teeth. I'm not having to coerce. I just want you to have it ready. And then in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and uh, verse 5, and we'll just start there. And I'm reading from the New American Standard. It says this, Paul says, so I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness now we'll get back to that in a minute now this i say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully each one must do just as he is purposed in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. This is the will of God. The will of God for your life and the will of God for my life is that we have abundance. Amen. Let me say that again, and some of y'all just to go ahead and agree with that. The will of God for your life and my life is that we would experience abundance you know what abundance is? Abundance is more than enough. Abundance is not paycheck to paycheck. That's right. Abundance is not running out, you know, on, you know, on Thursday, waiting on the check Friday. Abundance means that you have a more than enough to take care of your, you and your family and also have enough for every good deed, every good work that comes up. That's abundance, and that is the will of God. That is the will of God for you. That is the will of God for me. And you see, we can't create a God after our own image. If we want God's best in our life, we've got to accept what he says is his will for our life. Amen. Food. Will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. This is my, my favorite portion of scripture when it comes to giving. And, and, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's New Testament, and nobody can argue with that. I mean, people, they can argue that some things that we teach about is Old Testament, like the tithe, which I completely disagree 
that it's Old Testament. I mean, you find it in the New Testament as well. Uh, but this is, this is just New Testament. And number two, man, these are inspired words of God. These are the words of God. Amen. These are the words of God, and so they're relevant to you and I today, and it shows us clearly what God's will is, is that God wants us to be abundantly supplied, that we may abound to every good work. And there's three truths right here out of this portion of Scripture that I want to bring out that I believe that Paul was really wanting to communicate with us. And the first truth is this, and it's, and, and it's three, three truths that really move us into this cheerful, faith-filled generous type giving. Three truths that move us into this, this highest kind of living. And, and the first one is this, and it's the living nature of money. And it's interesting to me that Paul said in the sixth verse, in the sixth verse, Paul said this, this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Paul refers to money as seed. He's talking about money in farmers' terms. He who, and, and, then, and, it's, and it also God refers to it as seed because in verse 10 says, Now may he, he who supplies seed to the sower. So the living nature of money, the living nature of seed. Amen. Your money, your money can come alive. Did you know that? Your money can come alive, and your money can reproduce, and your money can grow. I mean, why? Because money is like a seed. Money is like a seed. If it's planted in good soil, what happens to it? It comes to life, and it begins to produce a harvest. Right? And so Paul called money seed. God called money seed. Now, here's some, here's some facts about seed. If you eat seed, what happens to it? If you eat your seed, what happens? I mean, if, just say that you had a, let's just say that you had an apple tree. I don't know, we don't grow apples down here, but crab apples maybe, I don't know. <clears throat> but if we had an apple tree and you went and picked an apple off that tree and you ate the, you ate the apple, and then you had the core, and you said, well, I'd, I'd like a little bit more apple, but I don't want to eat the core. And so you began to eat the seed. What happens to that seed? It dies. The, the seed dies. The seed is of no value if you eat it. The seed is of, of no value. Eat it. If you, if you decide that you're going to take that seed and you're going to you're going to store it. I mean, you're going to pick all those seeds out of the apple, and you're going to get enough seed. And the more you can, man, you can fill a bag full of seed. Uh, guess what? That seed isn't going to do you any good in a bag. Why? Because it's going to lie dormant right there in that sack. Is that right? So you can eat the seed. If you eat the seed, it's going to die. If you store the seed, it's going to lie dormant, right? I mean, you could, you, you, could, you could get you a big old bag of seed, and you could say, oh, look at this big old bag of seeds that I have. Look at this big bag of seeds. But if you don't do anything with the seed, if you don't find some good soil to put the seed in, the seed is not going to do anything. But if you were to take that seed and you were to put that seed into good ground, you were to, you were to plant that seed into good ground, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, when that seed hits the earth, 
I be, it begins to come to life and the roots grow down. And then out of that root, there comes a harvest of the thing that you planted. Amen. So, so the seed, you can, you can eat it. You can eat it. So when it comes to our money, you know, uh, <clears throat> the Lord gave me a good illustration. It helped because somebody walked up to me this morning. They handed me this $100 bill, which I am, am very thankful. And so with this $100 bill, I, you know, I think we'll probably go out to lunch today. Now, if I take the whole hundred and I eat it and I spend it on food and I consume the food, the seed has lost its potential because if I spend the whole hundred, if I go to the restaurant and, and my mother-in-law's in town, so this is her last day and so we're going to go somewhere and eat it, and if I spend the whole hundred, guess what? It's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's just gone. I mean, it, I had it for a little while. It began to burn a hole in my pocket, and we got something, and we spent it all on food, and we ate the food, and it's gone. Now, we might have been nourished until about 6 o'clock tonight, <laughs> but it's gone. Well, but if I, and I did, <clears throat> but if I take some of this, which is, you know, it's awesome. I didn't. I didn't have to wait until I could break this down. I just got on our app and and I went ahead and I I did my tithes and offerings off of a hundred dollar bill. Already, I already put it in there. So so I can take. I don't have to eat the whole thing. I I can take a portion of this. I could take a portion, at least ten percent, which is ten dollars. I could take a portion of this and I can sow it into good ground. And by the way, this is good ground. I mean, people are getting saved every week. This is good ground. So I can take a portion of it and I can sow it into the good ground. And I can expect a harvest coming back. Somebody said, well, you shouldn't give to get. Well, you should sow in order to reap. I mean, if you were to tell a farmer, now you go out there and sow that seed, but you shouldn't be expecting any harvest. That's dumb. The only reason he's out sowing seed, now in the kingdom of God it's different. We do it because we love God. We do it because he loves a cheerful giver. We do it because, man, God's done so much for us and our, our church has added so much value to us. So we're going to in return, we're going to add value to that which adds value to us. And, and so we do it because of that. But I'm expecting a harvest. So you can take that seed and you can eat it all, or you can take a portion of that seed and you can, you can plant it. Or I could just say, you know what, I'm going to take part of this, and, and I will, and I'll put it in savings. But it, it, or, am I going to get anything back off of savings? No, inflation's going to eat it up, right? I mean, th that $10 and this $10 and uh, next year, if I, were, if I were to put $10 in savings, and next year, you know, inflation is 2%. It's going to eat some of that up. So that $10 isn't going to be worth $10 anymore. So you can store it. You, you, can, you can eat it. You can store it. Or you can sow it. Sow it. So the living nature of money. Money is seed. Money can come alive. Amen. It can come alive. Number two, 
Number two, so the, the living nature of money. Number two, the lying nature of mammon. Now, what is mammon? Jesus said, well, I, I want to look at the scripture in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew, the sixth chapter and verse 24. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. Everybody say two masters. You cannot serve two masters. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon. Now, mammon is a pretty spiritual word, but all mammon is, is it's the spirit of the world that gets on your money. And Jesus said that there are two masters in the earth. There is God, and then there is mammon. And you can't serve both. You see, if, you, if you're serving both, you're really only serving one, and it's not God. Right? If, you, if you're trying to serve God and money, well, you're not serving God at all. You're serving money. And so mammon will, you know, you, 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 you come and you hear a message about giving, and you see it from the Word of God that this is what God wants you to do. He, he desires you to tithe. Look, not because he needs your money. God does not need your money. If God needed your money, then money would be his God. God doesn't need your money, but his kingdom needs your money. His works need your money. That's what Paul's writing about in 2 Corinthians. The church at Jerusalem needed their money, right? And so he said, I'm coming to receive an offering because the church needed the money. And so where were we with that? Somebody, hit, where, where was I going? Oh, so so God, you see from the Word of God that it's it's God's desire to bless you, and one of the avenues that He blesses you through is because, through your giving and receiving. So you see that, and you get stirred up about it. But Mammon says you can't do that. You can't afford that. If you do that, well, then you're not going to have enough to do to take care of your kids, to buy groceries. And I love that testimony from Dexter and Leah. And, and I don't know if you understood it, but he, he messed up both of his legs, couldn't walk for months. I mean, he was just bedridden, income cut in half. And, man, they continued to give. I mean, give what they always gave. And, I mean, things increased and they continued. But this is what I know about them. They made a commitment a long time ago. And it was more than just a commitment they made. They, they're, they are faith-filled, joyous, cheerful givers, and they've seen the hand of God on their life. Amen. So, so mammon, I don't want to spend more time on this, but mammon would tell you, you can't do what God told you to do. You can't do it. You can't do it. See, the spirit of the world gets on your money and begins to dictate. Well, and you, I remember there was a, a time that I, I didn't tithe. I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was, a, you know, and, and it, I didn't tithe because I didn't love God. I didn't tithe because I didn't love the church. I didn't tithe because I was scared that if I do this, then I'm not going to have enough to do everything else, which is why we have in the word that God said in Mal Malachi 3.6, he said, test me, prove me. 
And then that's why next week, and for those of you, you haven't taken that step to tithe, next week we're going to start a 90-day tithe challenge for anyone who's not currently tithing. And basically what this is, it's a contract found in Malachi 3.6. God said, prove me. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So in this 90-day tithe challenge, you can tithe. And if at the end of the 90 days God hadn't blessed you, we'll give you all of it back. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a guarantee. Okay, and so we'll, we'll let you have some of these next week if you haven't done that, and, and you can read about it. But we've done this before, and it's just, it was amazing. It's been, I don't know why we don't do this every year. We did it, we did it before, and it, it was awesome, and people got blessed, and, and they were blessed, and, and nobody asked for the money back. And uh, why? Because they were blessed. But we will, no, no questions asked. We'll give it back to you. We'll give it back to you. Okay, so num- number two, the lying nature of a man. And number three, the loving nature of your heavenly father. Did you know that God loves you? Did you know, and we were singing about him, and, and he is just, he is good to us. He's good to us. He is good to us. And, and here's the thing. A lot of times, even if we can, when, when, especially if we get on our own, we can kind of get this orphan spirit about us. That, and, and orphan spirit is when you look to the future, and all you see in the future is you by yourself. You don't see you and God. And I know when you get a little bit older and, and then you start thinking about retirement, I know, you know, I'm somebody, they, uh, Heather, she turned, well, Heather had a birthday today, and so she entered into a new decade. I'm not going to tell you what decade that was. <clears throat> but I said, well, I'm, I'm two decades beyond that. I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s. As you get in your 50s, you start thinking about retirement. You know, am I doing enough? Have I done enough? And and then you can you can look to the future with an orphan spirit that and it's real easy to see the future like God's not part of it. You're on your own. But we're not on our own. We have a good, good father who loves us. So number three, the, the, the loving nature of our heavenly father. We've got a good, good father who's watching out for us, who cares for us. And notice what, he, notice what he says. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower. God, verse 10, he supplies seed to the sower. God is for you. And not only that, God sees you. God sees you. I mean, God saw me this morning. God saw me this morning. I mean, he just put on somebody's heart to, to give me some money. I've done that with other people before. Just give them some money. Well, God sees us. I know uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, well, I'll go by a few more weeks than that. My son's always asking, can I use your AirPods? Can I use, and AirPods, they little, you know, the little earbud things you stick in your ears, and they're wireless. And you let yourself, can I? Uh, I said, yeah, but Luke, don't lose them. And so he kept, he kept bugging me about my AirPods. And then a couple of weeks ago, somebody walked up to him and said, hey, the Lord just told me to give these to him. Gave them to Luke. The Lord told me to give these to him. I mean, a brand new set of AirPods. Well, you see, God sees you. God sees you. He said, yeah, that's because you're the preacher. I've been a preacher for a long time, and it, it hadn't happened forever. You, you've, got to, you've got to believe these things. You, you've got to believe in the living nature of your money, of your dollars. You, you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to understand that 
that mammon will talk you out of doing what God has instructed you to do. You've got to understand that the living, the, the loving nature of your heavenly father is not temporary. It's eternal. I mean, even through your retirement years, even when you begin to have children, how am I going to pay for these children? How am I going to pay for these diapers? How am I going to pay for this formula? How am I going to pay for this car? How am I going to get into this house? The loving nature of your heavenly father. He is for you, not against you. Amen. He sees you. He sees you. Well, I don't feel like he does. Well, you know, quit whining about it. Take God at his word. I mean, we all have feelings sometimes. Sometimes I get, but look, everybody's got feelings. You're made with feelings, but you, you're not supposed to allow those feelings to dominate you. You're to, you're to take the feelings. All right, what, how will I respond to this feeling? Feelings are real. And you're to respond to your feelings appropriately. Amen. Well, how would you respond to that? I mean, you start worrying and start getting concerned about your finances. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that feeling? Cast all your care, all your worry, all your anxiety over on him because he cares for you. You see, you, you can't help the feelings, but you can help how you respond to them. And we do respond. We don't react. We do respond. We cast all of our cares over him. Lord, you love me. Then you, gotta, you begin to sing that song. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. Begin to quote scriptures. You say, well, I don't know any. Well, it's a good time to learn them then. And go to the word of God. Find out what the word says. That it's his will that you always, under all circumstances, and whatever the need, you're self-sufficient. Possessing enough that requires no aid or support and furnished in abundance unto every good work. Amen. He's good. So everybody say it when you say, say the living nature of money. The lying nature of mammon. The loving nature of our Heavenly Father. Amen. He loves you. And David, I mean, he, he, he said it. And it echoes throughout all eternity, all the way up here. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. And isn't it awesome how God, he gives us stuff, and part of what he gives us is bread. It's bread to eat. It's stuff to live on, to buy clothes with, to eat. But then he said, don't forget that in everything I give you, not only is there bread, not, as, not only is there clothes buying dollars, not only is there mortgage payment dollars, not only is there, you know, go out to eat dollars, go to the grocery store dollar, go to the Kroger's or Walmart's. Not only is there, but there is seed. And the, the potential for your increase is in the seed. Now, a lot of you know, people talk about this, that they, they, they view giving and I'm trying to close, but i got to get this in. They, they view giving as a sacrifice. And sure, there's times that the Lord would deal with us to give sacrificially. But you know, a farmer's not thinking we, when he goes out in the field and he begins to plant that seed. He's not thinking, oh, this is a sacrifice. This, this sure is a sacrifice taking all this seed and putting it into the ground. Oh, this is a sacrifice. He's not thinking sacrifice. He's got one thing on his mind. This 
is for my harvest. I'm not sacrificing. I'm setting myself up for a harvest. I'm not sacrificing. I'm setting myself up for a harvest. This isn't hard. I'm not sweating this. Why? Because I know as soon as this seed hits the ground, as soon as this seed hits the ground, I'm going, I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm going to rise night and day, and the seed is going to spring up. I don't know how, but that's just the way it works. And this is how the kingdom of God works. This is how the kingdom of God works. God has his own set of principles. He has his own set of rules. Amen. You know, Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. He, he, he's not talking about don't invest. But he said, look, there's, there's an investment. There's an investment that's got, I mean, better guaranteed returns than any stockbroker can promise. And I'm not saying don't do that. I think you ought to do that. But I think you ought to do that and make sure you're investing in something where, where moth and rust does not corrupt, where thieves cannot break through and steal. And invest into God's kingdom. Amen. And then watch, watch your life but do, begin to just come up. Watch God. Just, now, and I'm not talking about trying this. I'm talking about doing this. And watch your life just begin to come up and increase, increase in your life. Can anybody, would, would you be okay with that? All right. Well, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you so much that you have cared for us. You do care for us. You will always care for us. You're a good father. You're a good shepherd leading us beside the still waters and to rich pasture. We thank you for it. And Father, I pray that if there's Anyone here on the fence, anyone in here who's dealing with fear and not thinking that I can't afford to tithe, I can't afford to give, Lord, I ask that you would strengthen their heart, strengthen their life. I thank you for faith coming up in them right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for anyone in here who's never given all of their heart and all of their life to you. Lord, I ask that you would minister to them. I ask that you would draw them to yourself right now. Because after all, you, all you want is our life. You, you want our life. You want our heart. So, Lord, if there's anyone in here who's never done that, I ask that you deal with them right now in Jesus' name. Everyone look up at me just for a minute. We're about to leave. Before we do, I want to make sure everyone in here is in a right relationship with God. And I don't want to assume that you are because you came to church. I went to church for years and wasn't in a right relationship with God. And to get right with God, I mean, there's just a few things that the Word says. Now, man has put a lot of other things on that that you've got to do a certain thing, or you've got to get all your ducks in a row, or you've got to straighten out your life, or it's all on you. But, but Jesus just simply said it like this. He said, you must be born again. And to be born again from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible just simply means you give him your whole heart and your whole life. 
You just surrender it all to him. It's an all or nothing proposition, but you just give him your whole heart, your whole life, just like you are right now. Just like you are. You don't have to change a thing about yourself. You let him worry about all that. You let him deal with all that. So if you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus or you've never been born again, or you say, you know what, Pastor Chuck, if I died today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Any, any three of those things I'd like to pray for you this morning. So I'll just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. So if you're in here today and you say, Pastor Chuck, I've never been born again, but I, I, I know the Lord's dealing with me. Or I don't know that I've ever given my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't know that I've ever given him my whole heart and my whole life. Or if I died today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I, I want to pray for you. So this is what I'll do. I'm just count to three. And if you'd like to be included in that prayer, just lift your hand real high and we'll pray for you. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Just lift your hand right where you are. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. To my right, I see your hand. Anyone else? Looking across the room. Looking across the room. Anyone? Thank you. I see your hand. To my left over here. Good. Anyone else? I want to give my whole heart and my whole life to Jesus. Awesome. Let's pray this prayer together out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and save me, change me, make me brand new. I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Everybody, let's give these a big hand.